Ahoy authors! You're listening to The Writership Podcast, a show focused on helping indie authors master self-editing skills. So come aboard and get ready to find the treasure in your manuscript with hosts Leslie Watts and Clark Chamberlain. Welcome to episode 76 of The Writership Podcast. I'm Leslie Watts, here with Clark Chamberlain from The Book Editor Show. Every week, we show you editing in action with tips that you can use to improve your own stories. If you want to learn more about the Writership Podcast, you can visit the website at writership.org slash podcast. As you know, the Writership Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at Author Marketing Club, home of the new and improved Amazon Reviewer Grabber Tool. You know you need high-quality reviews for your books, so you should use the AMC Reviewer Grabber tool to quickly and easily locate reviewers that are ready, willing, and able to review your books for you. Become a premium member of AMC now by visiting www.authormarketingclub.com and get instant access to this tool and more. All right. Hey, Clark, how's it going? Hey, it's going really well. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. We get to spend extra time together over the next few weeks because uh, I'm uh, moonlighting on the book editor show. Yes. And it was a real pleasure to have you on there uh, today. So definitely make sure you check it out. Leslie does an amazing job, uh, especially with with cooking up the juicy steaks. Juicy so. steaks. Yes, for sure. Um, and what we've done for since we're going to be hanging out for three weeks is that we're, we've kind of um, we're going to be talking about topics on the book editor show that we talk about in the writership podcast from the submission. So you'll get um, double dose of whatever, you know, of these helpful topics um, by listening to both podcasts. So check that out at thebookeditorshow.com. Yes. yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do you have a quote for us? I mean, I know you've got a lot on your plate, so I wouldn't be surprised at all I, I, if you didn't weren't able to get to let it. Me, let me think. Um, oh, oh, Larry, Larry Brooks. That's the guy I'm oh, thinking of, Larry okay, Brooks. Oh, good. Oh, I like This him. is a good one, yeah. Cool. Uh, you think writing 100,000 words is tough, that shaping them into a coherent and meaningful story is challenging, Try writing 1,000 words sometime, or 5,000, with the same goal. Try writing a short story. As paradoxical as it may seem, short stories are harder to wrap your head around than a novel, and harder yet to successfully pull off. And that is the truth. I'm wanting that to be, um, you know, like, I'm wanting him to have a New York accent. I don't even know, I haven't ever actually heard Larry Brooks speak, but I was wanting, like... That to be anyway. Uh, <laughs> Next time I'll try that. I'll, uh, I'll try right. starting to do accents of what you think the, <laughs> the, the what the author was sound like. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, but you know, okay. So this is an excellent point, right? Um, because people, I think some people think that writing a short story is easy because it's short. You don't have to spend so much time on it. But that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, it's not, especially if you're trying to to make it into something besides just a hobby. Um, you know, like if you're actually trying to make a career out of this, it's very difficult. Um, 
but it can be done when you start to becoming a fantastic uh, short story. You can really become the professional here of the short story. Right, right. I think that, um, you know, writing like lots of them, just practicing and, um, and playing with them and especially because you can experiment, um, that that's a great, it's a great thing to do, um, for, you know, for mastering parts of, of storytelling that are challenging. Yeah. Um, my friend, uh, Gregory Norris, uh, he, in one of the books that I published, um, called a, Bleak New World, which is a collection of short stories about uh, dystopian futures. This is where I met Gregory, and this is what he does. Like for the lot, he started three years ago just doing short stories. I mean, he's been professionally writing for over 22 years, but just doing short stories three years ago, and he paid off his house. Like, wow. this is, yeah, I mean, he writes a short story a day. So, whoa. <laughs> So we're not saying to get to that level, but hopefully you can kind of see what this is all about. <laughs> yeah. So it just so happens we have a short story today, right? And yes. it's not, um, we can't read the whole thing because it's um, it's 6,900 words roughly, but, um, but we can do a sample of it and we'll put the whole thing on the website in the show notes that you can find at writership.org slash podcast. And of course, this is episode 76. The short story we have for you today is The Automatic Author. It is by Marcelo Mendez. And this the genre is literary science fiction. Again, the word count is 6,900 words. It's not yet published. Um, and Clark, as usual, is going to do the honors for us. Oh, thank you. The Automatic Author. Thank you for sending your manuscript of Sweet, Sweet Song for Dinosaurs. He read. He knew what usually comes next. Another rejection. I have reviewed your material with interest, but have regretfully concluded that the story is not a good fit with the current direction of our publication. Another one for the collection, he thought. He threw it on the pile of rejection letters he had been accumulating for the past two years. He was great before. He had something. At least he thought he had. Uh, Andre's uh, <coughs> excuse me, Andres U. Ukbar was once a name in science fiction. It was so easy for him to get his first story published and then some that he thought he had somehow figured it all out. For a while, he was on a roll, got published nonstop and in an important magazines too. He even had a story selected for an anthology of sci-fi back in 2008. What he did back then was simple. He found some issue that was meaningful for him. Then he threw robots or time traveling into the mix, and there you have it. He had found a perfect formula for what can be considered literary science fiction. For example, Midnight Train to Futureville was a story of his family tragedy. It was about the death of his parents in a train accident with elements of time travel. That was his first story. Last Exit to Tlon was about his moving ab abroad. Parallel universes added. When Humans Marry Robots was a study of his own failed marriage, robots included. He kept on doing it, but the formula didn't seem to be working anymore. Still, there were things that touched him, things he wanted to write about, but his stories were not hitting the spot anymore. It might be that the market had changed. He wouldn't know if that was the case. He was isolated on an island in the Pacific since the beginning of his career, 
He was not part of a literary community as such. In his island, he was just the local freak, the guy who was always reading, who almost never left his place, a mystery. This got even worse after his divorce. Actually, Sweet, Sweet Song for Dinosaurs was about it. It was about his divorce and his growing loneliness. After his wife had left him, he only found solace in reading. At some point, he read an article about dinosaurs that made him happy. It was about the discovery of a new species. At the time, he thought to himself how easy it was to change the past. You only had to look closely and connect pieces in a different fashion. And that is how you create something new. He tried that with his own personal history. He started by looking at the facts around his divorce. He was rewriting his own past only by rearranging the bones he found. He then discovered a new personal dinosaur in forgiving himself. Then he wrote a story about a time traveler who creates a new dinosaur in the future. The time traveler did that by taking bones back to the past with him. At the same time, he made amends with his personal history, alerting his future for the best, or altering his future for the best. The story could not go wrong, but it did. A few magazines had rejected Sweet Sweet Song for Dinosaur, but it was not his first story to be rejected. He was struggling for a long while now. For more than two years, he didn't publish at all. He was beginning to fade from the public debate around science fiction. His name was not to be found in forums on sci-fi and fantasy anymore. It once was. His, <clears throat> his, web, his website, ukbar.com, once flooded by fans' questions, speculations, and theories, was now dead. Actually, he hadn't visited his own website for a while. He knew it would be disappointing. He kept writing. It was important to him anyhow. He had a series of stories, most of them about rejection and solitude. They were not fun at all, but they were deep, they were poignant stories about the human condition and time traveling, inhumanity to man and robots, meaninglessness and mad scientists. He sent the stories around. He believed they were some of his best work. What came back was nothing more than rejection letters. He was finally drying up. He had written so many good stories. He had dealt with so many of his personal issues. In his mind, the source material was finally fading. But he was not giving up yet. He figured he had enough stories for a collection. He put them together, rewrote bits and pieces, edited them with care. He knew he had something special in his hands. He would send it to a publishing house. It would be his first collection of original short stories. He then thought he might include it in one he might include in one or two of his best-known stories just to make it more sellable. He entertained the idea for a while but decided the new unreleased stories would stand for themselves. He finally found a name, Tales of Future Me. He was not worried about what had happened so far. He was now looking forward. He printed many copies out. He also wrote a beautiful cover letter. In it, he talked about his love to the genre he also mentioned his publishing record and his past accomplishments. He printed out and signed the letters with the most beautiful handwriting, Andres U. Ukbar. He finally put it all in a nice yellow envelope and sent them to many potential publishers. It took several months, and letters st finally started coming back to him. They all started with, Thank you for sending your manuscript of Tales of Future Me. And we all know what usually came next. 
He finally admitted it to himself that he was completely washed out. It had never happened before, but he didn't write for days, and then weeks, then months. He thought, who am I if not a writer? It was his whole world, his identity. It was maybe the one and only thing he was proud of. He liked telling people he made a living out of writing. He couldn't now. He sat at his desk for hours, turned the computer on, but didn't do much. He browsed online. He read a lot of odd articles and accessed random websites. He was looking around for something that would spark his creativity. Nothing seemed to work. Besides, he spent most of his time watching cat videos and such. On one of these days he spent in front of the computer, he decided to visit his own website, ukbar.com. He did it for no specific reason, actually, maybe nostalgia. He maybe wanted to feel like the writer he once was. He thought he would read through the comment section of his website. Maybe it would bring some comfort to his broken self. He remembered those early days with fondness, like when he got published in the magazine of fantasy and sci-fi. People would write just to send their love. Your story helped me face my own stuff, he remembered reading. The thing is, he thought, it couldn't be bad to revisit his old self. He entered the website and saw that his last entry was dated December 2010, almost three years ago. He clicked on the comment section and saw there was a new thread, less than a year old. It was the only unread thread in the comment section. Its title, Become a Writer Today. Yeah, he thought, maybe it was about time. It was spam, but he was curious, how does one become a writer and today? He opened it. It was an invitation to try this new software. It was called AA for Automatic Author. Bad acronym choice, he thought. The message was brief. It had only two lines. Take the writing out of the writing process. You have the idea. We just connect the dots. It also had a link to their website. They've sure got his attention. Also, he had time to spare. He clicked on the link. He didn't know yet, but this spam alone would change his life forever. Welcome to AA, he read. The home page for the automatic authors was clean, not a lot of info. It consisted of a background picture of a typewriter. There was a welcome sign. You could see another sign saying, become a writer today. Finally, there was one button that read, sign in, and another one with contact us. That was all. This is a really interesting premise, um, and and thank you, Clark. Um, this is an interesting premise, and also um, I like that you have the. Uh, this might sound bad, but I like that there's this um, deep sadness, um, but also humor mixed in, um, so that you have. Um, you know, the hard things, the really gut-wrenching things in his life are um, are mashed up with robots or time travel <laughs> or, you know. And so it's kind of an interesting, um, an interesting way to, you know, to put those two things together. Um, and, oh, and I wanted to say, I wanted to give kind of a summary of what happens in the rest of the story because... Um, um, 
because, you know, because we're start talking about short stories uh, today. And so I wanted to give you a little bit. And, and of course, you can read it on the, oh, maybe I shouldn't read it or tell what happens. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, leave some surprise. Yeah, I'll, what I'll do is maybe I'll um, have in the show notes a place where if you want to just check out the summary um, of what happens that way it'll that way because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who wants to read through the, to the end so I'm going to try to be sensitive about that um right now um but um so we have this um this you know this character in a place he's in this isolated place right and he's writing and he was once famous um but now he's getting a lot of rejection letters He's not doing so well. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's a lot of setup here. And um, a few of the things that we want to talk about in here, and, and this just kind of goes along and just in general for short story writing is um, what I like to call the economy of words, you know, an, an economy meaning that how you are going to conserve them and you have to be careful with them because we don't get very many. You know, like when the submission is, is sent out, it'll it'll tell you exactly, um, or call for submission is sent out, it'll tell you exactly how many words you need to have in it. You know, maybe it's between 1,500 and 5,000. So you have to be within those confines or they just reject it immediately. And so that's why it's important um, to start with that in mind and really understand then where your story starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we, in this story, we, you know, um, our actual start is he's getting a rejection letter. Um, and then we get a lot of, um, a backstory about, um, yeah, about how he used to be great and about how, you know, and then, you know, and, oh, and where his stories come from and then, Uh you know, and then things turn for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had a different idea about where the story probably should start. Right. So when I was reading through this, you know, that we have, and this is, I'll, I'll just be blunt. Um, this happens a lot that we sit down and we write a story and we've got our character and we have our character wander around for three or four or five pages inside their own head, thinking about all of the past. And so we have all this information that we're throwing at our reader about why they got to the situation that they're at. And, um, and then we start the story. And so this story really begins when he sits down at that computer, goes to his website and sees that here's this link for the automatic author. Mm-hmm. And all of the stuff up until that point could almost be entirely cut and or worked into just a few paragraphs um think about you know when you're doing a short story you've got to go through so you know when he talks about um i I gotta see where i i wrote it in here so when he talks about that his he had a divorce Mm -hmm. instead of saying had a divorce you know he could be sitting at the computer and could still have that uh, maybe he used to spin his wedding ring, and so he just instinctively reaches for his ring finger and doesn't feel, you know, the silver band anymore. And 
we can just see these little things and we can see that when he's on his website, he hasn't posted in the last four years. We, we can tell that things aren't working. Um, we can have one rejection letter and set it aside on top of a stack of rejection letters. And guess what? Our readers will be able to understand mm-hmm. that his life sucks. <laughs> yeah, for him. Yeah, for him. this is really painful. For him. And then then get into what this story is actually about. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, too, for all of the, you know, for the number of words that we have in the opening before we get to something that's, um, you know, where, you know, where something, you know, really Where something happens. Where something really happens um, is that we don't have a lot of the setting either. So we're not using words on... um, settle you know grounding the reader in in where we are and um and what that what that world is like um and what that you know and the things that that could say about about the character and you know and his life and how it's um how it's kind of decayed I I think about um when I think about a place that's kind of that used to be really nice but then has kind of um, fallen into decay or, you know, not necessarily decay in this situation, but has, um, is no longer what it once was that, um, in, uh, Great Expectations, Miss Havisham's house and how that, um, you know, it was just, it, you could tell that clearly it used to be something amazing and now it is not. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's another way to, um, to show, what's going on in the story, what the, you know, what the world is like, mm-hmm. and what his ordinary, ordinary world is like before he gets this invitation. And you could do that pretty quickly um, with, I would think, three or four details even to let us know where he is before he before gets this. this. Yeah, before this action starts. Um, and... One of the cool things about short stories in general is that we don't have to follow the narrative rules um, that we're really uh, that we're really locked into in the novel. You know Wait, that we don't. What are you saying? We don't have to follow the rules. You don't have to follow the rules in a short story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's and right, because you know our normal uh, beginning, middle, and end. We don't have time for that. We might just be in the middle, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. We might just be in in a in a spot in one moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be over multiple places in time. Whichever choice, and in this choice here, you know, we're in, in the part that we read. We're actually kind of jumping in different places in time, but we're in the same place. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to really take a look at what it is that we're trying to accomplish with the short story. And if it doesn't work, we don't have to have the beginning, middle, and end. You know, maybe we just want this one section of life and we show them that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way, I think, to, you know, the point you're making is that you can play with some alternate story structures. Like for me personally, I love the, I love the structure where you – in the very beginning, you get a a scene that ha- is happening like right before the story climax, and then you know that's the prologue, and then you start with 
the beginning of this well you wouldn't have a prologue and a short story but you get my meaning so mm-hmm. you have a scene there that's actually taken from part of the climax and then we go back you know like back to the beginning and walk us through um till we get there and so i think that's a you know if there's something you've had a hankering to try out um and experiment with in you know this the short story is a great way to to really do that Mm-hmm. So, I, and I know we're kind of just talking a lot of generals here of the short story, but I would let me give some specific advice on this one. Yeah. Um, that if I received this, you know, and, and was was working on it, th- this is what I would do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we know that he gets the mail. So, he, he, we would have the ability to show our place, our setting in place, mm-hmm. by him walking out to the mailbox and getting a rejection letter. Mm-hmm. We have a child ride by on a bicycle or walking by and kind of be a little bit freaked out. But being a child, they are able to to talk openly and be like, well, you never come out of your house. Are you like some kind of weird hermit dude or something? You know, just, <laughs> yeah. and then, then we find out that that's happened. Mm-hmm. We come inside the house and he opens the letter. It's a rejection. We toss it on the pile of rejection letters so we can mm-hmm. see that that's happened. Yeah. Um, at his desk, there's a turned over um, picture frame and that we talk about a missing wedding ring. And we can see that there has been some uh, discord or, you know, that the divorce has happened or something has happened in his personal life. You know, that he can mention it and we can see it, but we don't have to have very much. We have those things happen. We sit down at the computer. So we have clearly established that life now sucks. We sit down to the computer and then we can get into the rest of the story about what takes place with Automatic Author, which is actually really interesting. Um, This is the idea of of a computer system that can write for you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would do to start this off. And you're going to be able to engage, like if you were sending this off to an editor for for submission, that that's going to pull them in because we have action. And when I talk about action, it means that we're not inside the character's head thinking about things. Mm-hmm. We're having a conversation between him and a boy. Right. And we're having action because he's touching his finger. And that action results in a feeling and a thought, which is okay. And we keep getting right into the action of moving into doing something, getting on the computer and going to the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, in, yeah, in order to have a... S- a story or you know certainly an opening that where there's not an there's not a lot going on where you're in the character's head you need some other really powerful hook to you know to compel the reader forward and um you know it can be you know it can be the character just being a really interesting character or it can be um you know, something about the setting or something about, Mm -hmm. you know, but really truthfully, it's that, um, it's, you know, something happening, the character doing something so we can assess him because otherwise we're, you know, we're seeing his thoughts in a way, but we're not, we're even that we're not getting a lot of his direct thoughts. Um, you know, we get him, he is, um, you know, I mean, it's a lot of backstory. And, mm-hmm. and so that, um, 
there there isn't a hook really as you you know as you pointed out until he gets that interesting email and Mm -hmm. um which by the way is on page five and for a short story that's too far Right. so you know when and and if anyone out there's you know is thinking about sending out um to short stories this is the first of all don't ever send out to short stories where you have to pay money um (laughs) you know um just 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 tossing that out there but the second thing is is you need to understand that if there's been a call for submissions placed out that that company is going to receive uh, a minimum of 500 short stories and upwards of maybe 20,000 so think how they're going to get through that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be reading page one maybe page two so if the hook is not happening in your short story until you're getting to page five, they will not have reached that point. Right. Yes. Uh, I think that, yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, and you mentioned earlier um, when we were talking about this, um, the, uh, that there, you know, that there's, you know, talking about, an event happening and then there's oh. about showing you know like the two yeah. different kind of stories about the event and about why the event took place right so it's my idea of the zombie story you know yes. and that uh the that this is this is the problem with a lot of stories um is that they don't know what they're trying to tell and so you think about zombie movies a zombie movie is either about the outbreak that's going to occur and how that happened you know, what happened to, to cause the zombies to occur. Um, or the zombie story is that the zombies are there and now you have people who are trying to survive there in the event. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is, is when you mix those too much together, when you're doing backstory, you know, jumping back in time, in the, in the story, going back, going back and forth, that's where you're really starting to disconnect with the reader. Um, you can have a, a small percentage, you know, of one or the other, but the the majority of it needs to be either it's the story that's taking place, the event that's taking place, or why the event occurred. So in this situation, why the event occurred would be why did he fall apart as an author, or it's about he fell apart as an author and now the event is he got the automatic author. Mm-hmm. So... Um, as an aside, if you've gone to see Suicide Squad, this is exactly what I'm talking about. They spent a lot of time going back out of the story, you know, the event story. That's the one we wanted to see. And they kept jumping back to try to explain who characters are. Uh-huh. And and it really kept speed bumping the story because uh-huh. they would be going along with the story. And then here you hit this bump and you get jumped back into what happened you know, years ago with these two characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I had a, uh, I had a point I was gonna piggyback off of that. I'll <laughs> think of it in a moment. Sorry. I, I, I went on. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that it was, um, it's just, yeah. Um, uh, it's the, uh, I'm wanting to reference something we said in another episode. Um, and that's not going to be very fun for people. Um, so, um, I guess, um, 
I did have a language point, and and I'll go ahead and bring that up, um, and and perhaps I'll think of the the other thing I wanted to say, um, and that is that we have a lot of repetitive um, sentence starts um, and and structure, and that um, you know we have a, a lot of um, a lot of times I I get um, stories that have a lot of really long sentences. Um, long and they're you know so they're compound and meaning that they have you know two independent sentences joined with a conjunction and then you also get ones that are um, complex where you have um, asides and and parenthetical information kind of tacked on Um, and that can be distracting Um, um, but the 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 opposite is also true um, that when you have a lot of s- shorter sentences um, that don't have the complex um, aspects, then um, then it can, you know then it can become a little distracting in its own way. And so um, here we have you know the, um, uh, this is just let me see. I'm going to take one paragraph, and in this paragraph, there's one, two, three, four five sentences and each one starts okay the first one is but he and then he figured and then he put them together and he knew he had and he would send and so um that kind of um I think that that can you know contribute to obviously prose is not going to fix a problem with the structure um, but I think it can exacerbate the problem with the structure. And I think that probably happens in this case where you have the repetitive story structure and you have a lot of the backstory um, all working together to make it not as um, not as engaging as it could be. Um, like you said, Clark, if you start with that, you know, that place where the where his world changes and then um, and also, you know, change up the the flow of the prose yeah um how much time do we have oh, we're getting close a couple more minutes if you want okay i just just one other little thought here and yeah. it can be a lot of fun um first off this is a fun story like when it gets into things i mean yes it has a lot of dark overtones of, of desperation but it has a, a really interesting premise when it gets into the middle of it. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be tightened. And one of the things that you should really look at when you're creating these short stories and can be a lot of fun is that you can get more into uh, using literary devices, you know, and really like working each sentence to like do double double duty, you know, like it's lifting more because you're using uh, both literal and figurative meanings as you're putting things together and you know you're you're using things like alliteration and you're going in and you're finding these things and you're making it what i call lyrical you know that it's really becomes about the words as well as the story yes yes i absolutely agree because um it could be because you um you strive for consistency of tone throughout a story, whether that's a novel or a short story, and so experimenting with different um, literary devices and and um, and techniques in a short story makes so much sense because you don't have to do it for 
you know, uh, 60, 70, <laughs> 90, thousand words, <laughs> words. Um, so you can, you can play around with that, which is, I think, yeah, that's a great suggestion. And I actually, I remembered the thing I was going to say, and that was, um, for people who, um, who struggle with this, you know, with where the story starts and, and that kind of thing is that this is a really common problem, um, that you have a lot of stuff, um, kind of in the beginning that's, um, that's covering up the, you know, the real story. And, and the reason that is, I think is because you're just, you're, you're getting to know the story and you're, um, you know, like at a certain point you kind of hit your stride. There was a, a, um, book I edited recently that where you know the very beginning was was kind of slow and um, and it was hard to get into it wasn't as engaging as um, that the point that was um, when we moved from act one into act two and I think that is that that the um, that's the author discovering the story and so it's really common and um, and so take heart don't uh, don't be discouraged if you struggle with this because it is common and it's a relatively easy fix if you can get some feedback for mm-hmm. your story and you know about where the um where it's best to you know suggestions about where it's best to start yeah because i i was the same way did a short story course in college and the, the first time we did our writer's workshop, it got torn to pieces because it really started on the last page. And everything up to that was just me trying to figure out what the story was about. And, um, yeah, it happens. It's, and it's okay. And, and I learned from that and learned how to tighten things up and learn how to identify where that story start is. And uh, you can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't want to. I should I should dig up some of my old short stories <laughs> just for just for grins. And, uh, should we do that? Should we put them on there? We could take I a look at our crappy find, ones. Uh, yeah, if I can find one of one of my old ones from like um, like eleven years ago or something, uh, that that would be that would be fun, and it would be kind of um, oh maybe we could do that one day. We could critique our own stuff. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. That- <laughs> yeah. I think that would be fun. So let's plan to do that, because uh, yeah, it's it would be um, it would be amusing for me at this point to see the story, especially this one that's like um, oh it's oh never mind. I'll, yeah, I'll I'll find it and then we'll I, all have a good laugh. <laughs> I'm, I'm giddy. I'm excited for this. I just hope I can find some really crappy stuff of mine. Right? So I, I didn't bury it and throw it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you get to, but you know, sometimes those stories are kind of precious. And even <laughs> though I know that my story, you know, wasn't very good, I got, yeah, I, in the critique uh, sessions, I got slammed, but, um, but it was still, hey, it's still, yeah, anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, have, do you have a mission? I do. I, I'm going to send everyone out on a mission. And it's going to, it might take you a little longer than the average one. Um, because I want you to write a short story. Um, and you can, you know, obviously you can, um, there's a wide range, right? You can do flash fiction, which is really short. And those are really, really challenging, right? Because the word counts on those are so tight. But... 
that it's a really great way to practice. So I want you to draft a short story because it's a great way to explore and practice all the elements of story in rapid succession um, that you, you know, the, those elements that you struggle with. So write one, focus on an element that's most challenging for you in storytelling. Experiment. You know, understand you, you don't have to show this to anyone. This is not your work in progress with which your heart is indelibly entwined. You just are having fun. So take some risks and, and work with the things that you normally find challenging and try something new. Yeah. That's a, that's a great mission. So that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Writership Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at Author Marketing Club, which you can find at www.authormarketingclub.com. Don't forget, when you become a premium member today, you'll gain access to the new and improved Amazon Reviewer Grabber Tool. Okay, and before we go, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find us and uh, and benefit from uh, seeing editing in action uh, too. So um, if you want your five pages reviewed, if you're not da- <laughs> if you're not feeling daunted, um, and and you want to wait until and that's okay if you want to wait until after Clark and I share our um, our stories that'd be cool too but you can send your five pages to writershippodcast at gmail.com and finally be sure to check out the book editor show which clark normally hosts with peter turley but this week i'll be joining clark and we're going to talk some more about short stories that's all for today thank you so much we'll see you next time on the writership podcast Ready for Leslie and Clark to help you find the treasure in your manuscript? Submit your pages to writership.org forward slash podcast.